And then Jesus says, I've upgraded my relationship with you. You were servants, but now I call you friends. Do you know you're a friend of Jesus if you're born again? A friend. And what is Jesus' definition of a friend? Knowing the will of the one that's your friend. And in this case, his father. What? What is the meaning of life? I'll go ask the universe. Become Jesus' friend. And you will start to know the creator who made everything. And you will start knowing his will for the meaning of life. Actually, this is the meaning of life. To know him. To abide in him. Welcome to the Love Key Church podcast, where we share our church's message of the week. My name is Heinz Winkler, and together with my wife, children, and our leadership team, we host Love Key Church here in Somerset West, online, and on this podcast. It is our mission to help you to encounter God, align with His purposes, reign in life, and help others to do the same. We trust that you will find this message empowering, encouraging, and inspiring. Please share it with your friends and family and write a review for us. And a huge thank you goes out to those who have already done so. May you be thoroughly blessed as you listen to this message. When I am weak, he is strong. I'm so glad for that. Yesterday, I was booked to go and lead worship in Bonnyvale. Who knows where Bonnyvale is? It's a... It's a <laughs> Now, Francois now has intimate knowledge of where Bonneville is. So, we, this is a booking I was supposed to do in 2020, but it was canceled or, well, moved out because of COVID and um, finally got to go. Last year, we had trouble with our Chrysler Voyager. It broke down, gearbox went on the Sir Larry's Pass on a turn as the sun was setting. It was, I had the whole family, the car, Bikes, trailer, cars speeding by, it was not a nice experience. And we've been struggling to fix that car properly. And, and I was like, I'm not going to drive with that car because I don't trust it to go to Bonnyvale. So I'm going to take the newer car, our Everest. And we stopped in, we got so far as Rafiesonder End, had a coffee, and about six k's outside of Riversdal. I just hear the car go like, and there's no more power. And the next moment is like, we're like, let's get the car off the road. And we're on the side of the end too. We have to be in Bonneville in a half an hour and we can't go anywhere. There's oil on the tar and it's, it's a mess. I try to switch it. It's tight for the Toyota. Thank you, broer. I can't find out Toyota. All the Toyota guys are like, yeah. If it wasn't that, it would have been a Land Rover. <laughs> What's your pun? Uh, anyway. And in that moment, you kind of go, man, what did I do wrong? Or what did we not think of? Or what did we not pray? Amanda even said, we didn't pray before we drove. I'm like, God's not going to go, let me straff you because you didn't pray this time. <laughs> And the devil is lustig. Or as my friend said, said, the devil is slinks. He <laughs> slinks out of your phone. And, but, you know, what was so amazing is we, we stood there, we prayed, and we, and we trusted that God will provide a way out. 
um, the last thing that we were going to do is not go and lead worship, not go and see the Spirit of God come upon people. And God miraculously provided, it's a long story, I won't tell you all the detail, but someone brought us a car all the way through to Bonnyvale from Somerset West, and the organizer came to fetch us, took us there. He had an Everest with a hook. And the car that they sent us to bring us back was also an Everest. I'm like, okay. Some of these Everest actually work. It's amazing. Yeah. So we've, we get to Bonnyvale. We have less than an hour to set up. And we only have, well, how many were we? Five. Five people. And, but it's our church sound that we took. And we put it up in like 45 minutes with a sound check. And at quarter past six, we were worshiping Jesus. And lives were changed. So, amen. And, and what, I, what I realized just now as I'm talking is that that's actually what our next series is about. It's about what it means to be in relationship with God and in relationship with His people. Because if it wasn't for people who love God and who love me, we wouldn't have gone, we wouldn't have been able to do all of that. God works through people. He works through relationships. And that's a great segue into this. We are starting a new series called Tethered, the Relationship Series. And um, yes, we are eventually going to speak about romantic relationships. But that's just one of the types of relationships that we have. But today we're going to start with the most important one in a message called Abide. And our series scripture is also the main scripture for today, or the first part of it anyway. It's from John 15, verse 1 to 4. Jesus is speaking to his disciples and saying, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. In, um, that means farmer, or the one who works with the, the whole vineyard. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Who's he? The Father. And every branch that bears fruit, he, the Father, prunes. That it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. Did you notice how many times the word abide is in there? And this is only the first four verses. The definition of a relationship is the way in which two or more people or things are connected. Or the state of being connected. How Now listen to how God relates to us. In other words, how He is connected to us before we are born. Jeremiah 1 verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Knowledge of each other speaks of relationship. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. How is it possible that God knew us before we were born? Because He is outside of time. He is spirit and we are mainly spirit. 
Now listen to how God relates to us. Um, in other words, is connected to us before we are born again. So how does he relate to us before we're born? And how does he relate to us before we are born again? Romans 5 verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love towards us. In that, how does he demonstrate love, relationship? That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I can throw in there the well-known one, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave. His only begotten son. Why? So that we will not perish, but have everlasting life. Now listen to how he relates to us after we are born again. So before we are born physically, before we are born again, and how does he relate to us after we are born again? 1 John 5 verse 4 to 5. For whatever is born of God overcomes what? The world. And this is the victory that's overcome the world, our faith. That's how we relate to him. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. That is who overcomes the world. Listen to Ephesians 1 verse 7 to 10 and keep the word abide in in your mind. Because these sentences starts with in him. All right. Remember what I always tell us? If then. So in him we have what? So in our relationship with him we have something. Redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace which he made to abound towards us in all wisdom and prudence. Having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in himself. That in the dispensation of the fullness of the times he might gather together in one. All things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, in Him. Okay, that's a sermon on its own. But I wanted to show you how amazing it is when we are in Christ. Amen? All right. But today we're going to spend most of our time in John 15. And I want you to be aware of the relationships that are shown in this piece of Scripture. This is a beautiful, powerful, amazing piece of scripture where you hear the heart of Jesus towards his disciples in such a profound way. And I want you to listen to these relationships. The relationship between the Father and Jesus. The relationship between the Father and us. The relationship between Jesus and us. The relationship between the world and us. And the Holy Spirit's relationship with us. We find all these relationships in John 15. But I have to read the whole of John 15 to show you that. And you're going to read it with me. Why? Because the Word of God is the most powerful thing I can read to you. And that's what, that's what really matters. Also note the word abide. What does abide mean? It means to remain. To stay continuously abide means to remain what does it not mean moving away deciding i had enough now it means abide okay so keep that in mind are you ready to read some scripture awesome there's this beautiful moment in the old testament where 
the people of God had gone so far away from him and they finally, they have a good king again. And he says, bring the scriptures. They haven't read scriptures in a long time. He opens the scroll and he starts reading it. There was no bad music playing. There was no people making music. There was no lights to create atmosphere. He read the word of God. The power of God fell on the people. They became repentant right there and then. And the word of God changed them. And that's what I'm trusting for today. That as we read the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, that we will all be so deeply impacted and changed. Amen? All right, so let us read together. John 15 from verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser, the farmer who holds it all. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Who knows that pruning is cutting Initially, it hurts. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. It's like if you haven't gotten this yet, let me say it again. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them in the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. If then, if my words, and if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, then whatever you ask will happen. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. What makes Father God happy? That His children bear fruit. So you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide where? In my love. If, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Jesus is saying, I'm your example. I also follow commandments. Have you thought of that? These things I've spoken to you. Why? Why is he saying to us, abide in me so that I abide in you? So that your joy may be full. Sorry, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Who wants to live with joy? The world wants to sell us a superficial happiness. Jesus wants to... Pull us into a relationship where we will have supernatural, heavenly joy. Which one sounds better? He says again this word commandment. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you Do whatever I command you. If 
then. No longer do I call you servants. There was a time when he called us servants. For a servant does not know what his master is doing. Lack of relationship. But I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you that you should go and do what? Bear fruit. And that your fruit should remain. Abide. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you, that you love one another. He's saying it again. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet, because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. Lack of relationship, lack of knowledge is, makes you to be cut off. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would have no sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. He who hates me hates my father also. If I, had done, if I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would have no sin. But now they have seen and also hated both me and my father. But this happened that the word may be fulfilled which is written in the law. They hated me without cause. But when the helper comes... But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, He will testify of me, and you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. Can we just give God a praise for His Word? As I was reading this, I realized I left out one relationship. The relationship we have with each other. As his children, he speaks about that as well. So let's add that one to the list. The Father and Jesus. The Father and us. Jesus and us. We, the church, the disciples. The world and us. And the Holy Spirit and us. All right. So there's six relationships we're seeing here. I want to reiterate this again. What does abide mean? What does it mean when Jesus say, abide in me? Have, have you seen a branch in a vine? Have you seen it? Okay. Where is the, so what's on the branch? Leaves and fruit. Okay. How does it stay Healthy and grow. What is it receiving from the vine? All right, who had biology in school? <laughs> so so the, the vine goes where? Okay, and from the ground it gets water, minerals, nourishment, everything it needs, right? Okay, so now that comes through, through the vine. So if the branch is not connected to 
the vine, it cannot receive what the vine is bringing. It cannot be a part of what the vine is. All right? A branch that doesn't bear fruit. In other words, when you look at a, at a vineyard and you look at a specific grape plant, then in this one branch is withered. What are they going to do? They're going to cut it off. Because it needs to make way for another one that will bear fruit. And if it is doing well, they prune it, they cut it so that it will bear more fruit. I don't know much about gardening, but this I know. And why is it so important? Because Jesus wants us to know that we cannot live the life that he has for us apart from him. When he says you can do nothing, it, obviously you can do something. You can move around, you can go about your business. You can, but when he says nothing, he says no thing that has actual value. No thing of eternal value you can do apart from me. Amen? Jesus says, I am the true vine. Why would he say that? Because there are other vines that you can decide to be grafted into. What vine am I grafted into? We may need to ask ourselves. We need to be able to discern where we are grafted. And, what, and how do we know where we are grafted? Look at the fruit. Look at the fruit. Now, this is a big question. What is the fruit? Have you thought of that? What is the fruit that Jesus is referring to? I think the most obvious one is fruit of the Spirit that we get from Galatians 5. Because it says the fruit of the Spirit, which he speaks about later, the Spirit coming, is joy, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control, and I'm forgetting one, faithfulness. That should be how we live. But also, he says, if you do what I say, yes, champ? Gentleness. Did I not say that? All right, gentleness. Thank you, bro. <laughs> so, those are the fruit that should be on our lives when we are in Jesus, okay? But we also, we also see from the scripture that he says, if you abide in me, you will keep my commandments. So keeping his commandments is a sign of love, which is a sign of abiding in him. If I remain in the branch, what is the branch of the vine? Dependent. He's dependent of the vine for nourishment, for life. Now, what some of us do, either before we get um, saved or after we get saved and a little rebellious is we think I'm going to be my own vine or I'm going to find another vine that feels a bit more comfortable because all this pruning is getting a bit rough <laughs> or whatever the case might be but we start thinking independent thoughts we start thinking this is not working for me this is uncomfortable I don't want to be a part of this vine I want to be, that vine looks nice on that side. There are thoughts that go through our minds and we are challenged by this. Why, others, why, why would Jesus say, abide in me, if it wasn't necessary for us to hear that? 
to know that we need to remain. We need to stay continuously in Him. It's because that's where life starts. The fruit of our lives are dependent on us abiding in Him. Now, what happens? What happens when we don't bear fruit? What happens, in other words, if we don't have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control? I did say it. What happens when we don't have all of the fruit of the Spirit? And, and what happens if we don't follow His commandments? If we don't, what happens? What does He say? Get cut off, get thrown in the fire. Did you, in this whole piece, was there a middle way between love and hate? Did you hear another word, like a middle way word? All right. Did you hear a word that shows us there's a middle way between being in the vine or being cut off? Me neither. I didn't see that. Reminds me of Revelation where it talks about the lukewarm church. It says you'll be spat out. There is no middle way. You are either abiding or not. You are either bearing fruit or not. Hopefully you're bearing some fruit because you're on your way. And God the Father comes and prunes so that you can bear more fruit. But if, if you are not bearing the fruit of obedience and the fruit of the spirit then we need to go why why is that happening we need to reevaluate we need to take a serious look at ourselves so through jesus we also see in this in this in this um, analogy that through jesus we have access to the father he, our, our, our our relationship with the father and I'm doing this pun on purpose, stems from Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. So you can do no thing apart from me. One of those things is having access to the Father. One of those things is, because if you don't have access to the Father, you can't be pruned. All right. We are if we are connected to Jesus, we're connected to life and life in abundance. That is why we need to abide, stay. This is such an important piece, and I just want to go back to some of these verses. He goes on to say, and okay, so the one thing I wanted to point out is, is how easily we get trapped in thinking almost like entitled children that, you know, if I say I'm a Christian, I can just ask for anything and I'll get it. And this is not what that says. We want to read the part that says, ask whatever and it will be given to you. But there's a very important if before that. If you abide in me, if you stay in me, if you have surrendered your life to me, if you've surrendered to the fact that you get life from me, if you are content as a branch in this vine, and if my words 
abide in you. If, your, if my words stay, remain continuously in you, then whatever you ask will be done. Why? Why? Because what happens when we abide in Him? If we stay in Him, what does that look like in our daily lives? It means we are in His Word. It means that we are in His presence. It means that we are listening for His words. And that changes us. It makes us more like Him. If you spend time with someone, a lot of time with someone, you start picking up their mannerisms. You start speaking like them. If they have certain quirky words they say, you will say them. If they have a way to move their head or their neck, you will start doing that. It's how it works. The same way with God and with Jesus. If we remain in them, we will become more like them. People that do leadership uh, training will tell you that your life will reflect the 10 closest people to your life right now. In 10 years, your life will reflect those people around you. Or it will be reflected by who you are closest with in 10 years. So who is influencing you, in other words, right now? You will be like them in 10 years from now. So look closely <laughs> to the people around you. Do you want to be like them in a few years' time? But we want to abide in Jesus so that we can be more like Him. Because if I'm more like Him, I will speak more like Him. I will think more like Him. I will get more in line with what Isaiah says, His ways are higher than our ways, His thoughts are higher than our ways. I can start channeling into that and go, oh, now I understand. This is how God thinks. This is how God's ways work. So I will come in line. So now when I pray, when His words abide in me, His words will come out of my mouth. Can you hear that? Can you see that? That's why He says that. So when I start Praying the word of God, when I start praying the will of God, then it will happen. That's very important for us to know. And it's very, there's a fine line between walking in obedience of what the scripture says and trying to manipulate it to have a false prosperity way of thinking of it. Name it, claim it, frame it. Yes, if Jesus says so. Yes, if his words are there. Yes. But what are you praying for? That's also the fruit of our lives. What are you praying for? How are you praying? Is it in line with Scripture? Is it in line with the will of God? Okay. Do we get that? All right. Then he says we can have access to his joy. So part of abiding in him, what we get is his joy. Who wants to live with the joy of Jesus? Every day we can have that. And then he speaks about that he gives us a commandment to love one another. Now the relationship, our relationship with Jesus, our relationship with the Father now flows from there into relationship with each other. He says, I give you a new commandment. He just told them that one of the ways you bear fruit is by obeying my commandments. And he says, I give you a new commandment. Love one another. This is how the world will know that you are my disciples, by how you love one another. What is love? What is the love that Jesus is speaking of? Is he speaking of a worldly love where it's transactional? I will give, I will love if you. Here he doesn't have an if then. He loves 
He gave his life. And he's asking us to love others the same way. I've had a few conversations the last while where this came up. We have to ask ourselves, what is unconditional love? And then I ask these questions and, and people don't look at the actual word. What's a condition? What is a condition? A condition is that I will if you. That's a condition. Now what's unconditional love? There's no condition. Jesus says love one another. What does that mean? It means that you will need to love others even if they are nasty to you, even if you perceive them as being something that you don't like, if they hurt your feelings, if they don't give you what you feel you are giving them, it means you still love. That is very hard for most people. But you know that if we go back to the Beatitudes, Jesus takes it even further. He says, love your enemies. How are we going to love our enemies if we struggle to really love each other in the body of Christ? He's like, the Gentiles do that. The people in the world do that. They love people they like. The challenge is not that. The challenge is to love one another with Jesus' love because it's a commandment. If we do not love one another, we are disobedient and we are not bearing fruit. Why did Heinz have to go and say that now? It's not me. It's the word of God. And if you, it's almost like we have to practice on each other so that we can then love our enemies. When people are really attacking you and like wanting to take you down. My wife and I have been through this in many ways, shapes and forms. I love you. God bless you. I call your soul into the kingdom. Every curse spoken over me will be a blessing. Thank you for cursing me. I love you with the love of Jesus. Come here, I'll hug you. Ah! Get out, demon, manifesting. And then Jesus says, I've upgraded my relationship with you. You were servants, but now I call you friends. Do you know you're a friend of Jesus if you're born again? A friend, a friend. And what is Jesus' definition of a friend? Knowing the will of the one that's your friend, and in this case, his father. Amen. What? What is the meaning of life? I'll go ask the universe. Become Jesus' friend, and you will start to know the creator who made everything. Yes. And you will start knowing his will for the meaning of life. Actually, this is the meaning of life, to know Him. Amen? To abide in Him. Now that He's established that they need to love one another, that in Him, apart from Him, they can do nothing, they need to love one another, and that they are now His friends. He says, because you are my friends, I've got news for you. The world will hate you. Hate is also a form of relationship. You are relating to someone with hate. Through hate and bitterness, you are connected. What is a relationship? 
when two people or two things or more are connected. If you hate someone, there's a connection. It's not a nice connection, but it's a connection. Because we are connected, abiding in Jesus, the world will hate us. Because they don't acknowledge Him. And because they don't acknowledge Him, they hate Him and they hate His Father. This is hectic if we start thinking about it. Because if we become too popular, if we, if we, if we do things that are getting all kinds of positive attention from the world, we have to start asking us, shucks, what are we doing wrong? <laughs> Why is the world not hating us more? We should be offending the world. Because Jesus' name is, is offensive to the world. The, the word says, He is a stumbling stone and a rock of offense for those who don't believe. But for those who believe, He's the cornerstone. If we abide in Him, He is our cornerstone. But to the world, they are like, don't talk to me about Jesus. You freak, you Jesus freak. I'm like, yes, come on. My friends and I, when we got saved in school, we were those guys. We, <laughs> we in Polaris, we would put up massive speakers and we put them outside of the hall and play the song, Jesus Freak, loudly. <laughs> Yo, we annoyed the guys who didn't know Jesus. Anyway, um, so he talks about how we need to expect to be hated if we are abiding in him. And that's also why he's saying abide in me. Because the only way we can handle the hatred of the world is by abiding in Him. Can you see that? And then, the final promise. But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father. The Holy Spirit is connected to the Father. Proceeds from the Father. Through Jesus. Jesus says, I will send Him. From the Father. You see the connection? Relationship, relationship, relationship. From the Father, I, the Son, will send the Spirit who will testify of me and you will bear witness because you've been with me from the beginning. And if we read this with other scriptures, we know that the Holy Spirit gives us power to be witnesses of what? Jesus and what He has done, who He is, the fact that He's risen. And when we do it, if we are abiding in Him, we will change the world. The world will hate us as we lovingly bring them into the kingdom. And then they will start going, wow, thank you. You saved my life. And then they get grafted into the vine and we move on to the next people. Why? Because the gates of hell, of Hades, will not prevail against the kingdom of God. Because we've been given the keys. You don't get it. We've been given the keys to change the world. Did you know that the church is supposed to reign in this life? We are supposed to rule this nation. Not by having big office buildings, and, but by in the spirit knowing who we are and from there operating. We can pray for this nation to change. We can pray that people... God will show us who in our midst should be in positions of authority. And then we support them. Get on the school boards, Christians. Get into local government, Christians. You want something changed?
Go and change it. Prayer is powerful and it's very necessary. But some of us are sitting here and God is going, I've called you for government. I've called you to be on the school board. I've called you to change the education system. Are we doing it? If we are abiding in Him, we will know what to do, how to do it, when to do it. And when we pray, as we abide, it will happen. That's what His Word promises. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Let us stand and let us reflect and respond about this Word. Let's just open our hands or stretch out our arms to Jesus in this moment and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that you've spoken to us today through your word. Jesus, your words bring life. Your words bring healing. Your words bring focus. We thank you for that, Jesus. We thank you for that, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'll help each and every one of us to get this, to have a deep spiritual revelation that we will, that the eyes of our spiritual understanding will be enlightened with this truth that if we abide in you and your words in us, whatever we pray will happen. That we will have a revelation of what it means to love one another with the love of Christ. That we will know what it means. That the world will hate us, but it's okay. Because you've sent us to change the world. You've sent us the Holy Spirit that empowers us to be witnesses about you and who you are. Help us, Holy Spirit. Strengthen us, Holy Spirit. As we walk out of here today, let this not just be another service, but let this be a catalytic moment that changes our lives forever. Let us never forget to abide in you. Let us never forget to remain continuously in you so that your words will be in our mouths. And when we speak and when we pray, that we will take ground for the kingdom of God. Lord, if any of us has done anything to cause us not to bear fruit, Right now, if that's you, if you sense the Holy Spirit convicting you, just say, I'm sorry, Jesus. I repent. I repent of disobedience. I repent of not following your commandments. I repent of not walking by the Spirit so that the fruit of the Spirit is through my life, in my life. I repent, Lord. Help me. I want to be grafted back into the vine. I want to choose to abide again. If that's you, with every eye closed, just raise your hand and say, today I choose to be grafted back into the vine completely. I want to abide. I want to abide. I want to abide. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for this church. We thank you for this gathering. I thank you for each and every person that's here. I thank you that you bless everyone, strengthen everyone, and that you will remind them daily to remain in you that you'll keep everyone safe and bring back everyone safely here for our gathering next week Lord I speak life and healing and strength and boldness over each and every person here in the mighty name of Jesus Christ we pray Amen and Amen
We love you. You're awesome. God loves you. Remain in Him. Love each other well. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Love Key Church Podcast, Message of the Week. I trust that you had a life-changing encounter with God that will help you to align with His purposes so that you can be one step closer to reigning in life. And may you be inspired to share this with others. Have a great week and remember to listen again next week or you can catch us live online or come visit us in person. May God bless you and keep you. Make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you and your loved ones. God bless you. Bye-bye.